0: Thanks for checking out the Christian Life Austin podcast. If this is your first time listening, make sure to check us out at clcaustin.com for more info on how you can connect with us. We trust that you will enjoy today's message. Thank you for listening. Wow, let's give Jesus a hand clap. Come on, he's worthy. Oh, yes, he is. Come on, everybody. Let's give him the praise. Thank you, Lord. We give you the glory. Father, we just thank you today for Jesus Christ. We thank you for our great salvation and redemption. Thank you, Lord, for your amazing grace that you came down and saved us. For this Christmas, we really honor you today, Lord Jesus. We thank you for this group that is gathered. Lord, let the word be powerful. Let it be fresh manna in their soul. And we give you the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen Amen and amen. All right, you may be seated. I have a message from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 15, and I, and I know you probably have never heard a message out of this verse, but I just believe it's it's, it's the mind of the Lord for you. And I'm just going to give you a little bit of it, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 15, and, and, and I'll look at it in the ESV. It says, we do not boast beyond limit in the labors of others, but our hope this, this is Paul. At the end of the year, here, here we go. Yeah, I like that. So people are standing up as we read the Bible. That's very cool. Our hope is that as your faith increases. Now, notice that in that verse. Our hope. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to you. Our hope is that as your faith increases. In other words, he's taking for granted that your faith is going to increase. Our hope is as your faith increases. Our area of influence, everybody say influence. In other words, it's up to you. If your faith increases, you as a person, if your faith increases, the influence among you will be greatly enlarged. That's the influence of this church, Christian life. And then you'll notice the last phrase. It says, so that. In other words, he's building on something. First is your faith. It's got to increase. It's got to. And then as your faith increases, your influence as a church will increase. I'm telling you, God wants to use Christian life to touch the whole world. Can you say amen? And then so that we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you. Let's pray. Lord God, let that powerful verse Thank you. minister to us today and enlarge our faith in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated again. I love that. Some of you stand when you see this, the scripture go up on the screen, by the way, don't do it through the whole message or we might be in real trouble here because, but let me talk to you today about stretching your faith. You know, I turned 60 several years ago, help him Lord. And they tell you that after 60, your muscles shrink by 2% a year. I mean, all I saw my daddy at 97, you know, he was, he was pretty shrunk up, shriveled up, and they say the only way to change that is to stretch those muscles every day. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to do something, I, I got to do something, and so I, I, I basically started working out a little bit, and I, you know, I, I did start going to the gym, and and I discovered the most difficult machine, Pastor Rex, in the health club. I don't know if you guys know this. It's the front door. Did you know that? <laughs> that thing is really hard to get open every day or even three times a week. But, but I started just I thought well, you know, I can't go to the health club. I had to counsel people everywhere I was there. So I said, I'm just going to do something at home. So I decided to do a push-up. Now, I could only do one girl push-up when I got started. I mean, I'm being honest. I'm telling you that, you know, on my knees, I did one push-up. Okay. So then I thought, well, you know, tomorrow I'm going to try a man push-up. So I did, and I actually did a man push-up. And I, and I think it was only about halfway down. But, I, you know, at least I bent my elbows and got back up. And I was pretty proud. The next day, I did two. I'm talking about last September. And then I did three. And every day I was on vacation, and I did four. And then five. And then I got up to ten. Come on, help me out now. And then I got up to 60. Now, now listen to me. And then I did five sets, and I got up in April. I got up to 240 push-ups. Come on now. That's right. I'm talking about, you see, you don't believe that. That's okay. That's okay. I, I get it. I understand. But let me tell you something. Something changed this year because I stretched the muscles of my physical body. Your faith is a muscle. Now, now, stay with me on this because just like I challenged the muscles of my physical body and they stretched. I, I, I can't believe it. I don't know how they did it. Your spirit can be stretched if it's challenged. And he said our hope is that as your faith increases. Now, I've, I've only you know, found three ways that faith increases. I've only found three, and, and I'm going to share them with you this morning because I've been in the ministry now. I started preaching at 16. I'm 63, so you know, 47 years I've been preaching the gospel, building buildings, two big campuses, TV station, radio station, all these things through the years, missions, and I'm going to share with you just in about the next 25 minutes, I'm going to share with you how you stretch your faith. It is not a feeling. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is a muscle. And if you will stretch it intentionally, right now, here you are, December 18th. You've got a whole year ahead of you. Next year at this time, you will be like a completely different person. You're not going to believe it. That's right. Now, if you don't, if you just kind of hang out at church, you're going to shrink by 2%. Your your spiritual muscles will shrink just by atrophy, just the fact that you're not challenging them. So the next level for you, you you say, well, God's going to bring me to my next level. He is not going to bring you there only you challenging the muscle of your faith will bring you to the next level. So I don't know who this is for today. I have no idea. But God brought me and he said, this is the message I want you to speak on. Now, this is, this is the three things that I've learned. Number one, and you can write these down. You stretch your faith every time you encounter a need. This is, I'm, I'm just going to give you these points. You say, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't need to write these down. I think you do. In your Bible somewhere, it's only three little statements. First of all, you stretch your faith every time you encounter a need. And I know I don't like a need. In fact, I like to have all the money in the bank I need and I have all my kids healthy and everything's great, perfect, no needs. Isn't that wonderful? But the the only thing that happens is every now and then, the Lord interrupts my comfort, and I'm like, "Wait, wait, where did that, that come from?" He says, "I'm I'm wanting to stretch you to the next level." You see, your your life is like a circle around you, and God has you hedged in, like Job. You're you're in this hedge, and everything's wonderful and everything's great. But every now I and mean, then, He allows a need to come through that hedge. And the only reason he does is that he believes in you, that your faith is going to run that thing back out of the circle. Right. But it's going to require you to kind of get back in the Word again. I, I, I noticed that as I pastored so many years, most people don't know any, any scripture about healing anything. They, they, you know, it's like that guy that he, he didn't know where any scripture was, so he just opened his Bible and he pointed his finger, and it said Judas went out and hanged himself. Have you have you heard that? He didn't like that one, so he turned to another one, put his finger down, and it said, Go thou and do likewise. <laughs> he really didn't like that, so he flipped over one more time. He was kind of angry by then. He pointed down, and it said, What thou doest, do quickly. <laughs> that's, that's not the way you, 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 you get the Scripture. But people, people that are sick, if, if they're well, they don't know where Scriptures are. But when the doctor says you have three months to live... They buy every book on healing, every Doty Osteen book. They 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 get scripture. They just they find every verse from Genesis to Revelation about healing. Are you are you following what I'm saying? Because they've got to have healing. So the need requires you to stretch. Now some of you in this service are going through a very Difficult need right now in your life. How many of you would say, I am facing a need that is not just difficult, it almost looks impossible? Raise up your hand right where you're sitting. Look at that. Look around the room. It's probably a third of the people in this service are facing a need. Okay, well, I have very, very good news for you is that you are going to overcome that need. Come on, say amen. That part I know because God would never allow this thing to come anywhere near you unless he believed you had the spiritual resources and wherewithal to run that thing back out of the circle. And secondly, I know that you're going to grow. When Jesus was going to feed the 5,000, he could have done it himself. The Bible says he knew what he was going to do in John. But he turned to his disciples and he said, you give them something to eat. Now, that's a need. 5,000 hungry men. Not just hungry, but as we say in South Louisiana, hungry men. You know the difference, right? (laughs) And, 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 of course, Philip said, Lord, it would take a year's salary for us to give everybody even a bite of food. And Jesus, I'm sure, said, thank you, Philip, for that information. And Andrew came up and he said, Lord, I've got this little boy. He's got this little lunch, five biscuits and a couple of sardines. Is that enough to get started? Now, you talk about ridiculous, but what we're watching there is his faith was stretching. It's a stretch to think that a little boy's lunch has anything to do with a, with a multitude of almost 20,000 people. That is a stretch. And Jesus said, that's perfect, Andrew. Hand me that. And he blessed it, and he broke it, and he multiplied it. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to you just for a moment, first of all, that when you stretch your faith... And Andrew's sitting there saying, Lord, what can I do? And the Lord showed him that little boy over there, maybe playing with his lunch. And and here's the point. When you say, Lord, stretch my faith, it attracts the resources that you need to meet that need. So I don't know what the need is, but I know if you're listening to me right now and you say, Lord, I know. That the resources are around me somewhere to meet that need, and I receive that, and I'm stretching my faith. You start attracting those resources to you. It's like that woman in the Old Testament that came to Elisha, and she said, "I'm I'm, I'm going to lose my kids. You know, we 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 have debt." The debtor is collecting. They, in those days, they didn't collect debt. They collected kids. They collected your children. And they put them in the debtor's prison. We'd have a lot less charging at the mall if that was the case. Isn't that right? But she was losing them. And, and, and Elisha said to her, what do you have? She said, I've just got a little pot of oil. He said, that's perfect. You go borrow every vessel in your neighborhood, Everything. And fill your house with vessels. Now, now listen to me. I'm telling you that a need is going to stretch your faith. And he said, then close the door because you're going to look crazy what I'm going to tell you to do. And he said, I want you to start pouring into the first vessel. And, And you know what happened. When she tipped her little pot in the first vessel, it's like she connected to the Alaska pipeline. And she started filling these large vessels to the brim, one after another, maybe 35, 40, 50 vessels. When she came to the last one, she said, son, hurry, go get some more. And he said, there aren't any more. And the vessel was filled. The moment it came to the brim, the oil stopped. That's telling you that the level at which you stretch your faith is the level that God will fill your faith. You say, well, I'm waiting on God. No, the Lord's waiting on you. Yeah. Well, I don't feel led. Well, you need to get the led out is what you need to do. <laughs> it's you. Our hope, Paul said, is as your faith is enlarged. And this 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 thing is real. You know, back years ago, I brought bought my kids a Stretch Armstrong doll for Christmas. It was a rubber doll, big cheesy grin, but you could pull his arms out about six feet. How many of you had one of those? When you were good. Okay, so I want you to put your hands out in front of you. Come on, everybody up in the balcony. Everybody point number one. I'm still in point number one. Put your hands out in front of you. And what are we going to do this morning and next year Christian life? We're going to stretch our faith. Now say it out loud with me this time. What are we going to do next year? We're going to stretch our faith. That was pretty good. I couldn't hear you. Now this time you're going to slap somebody that's sleeping next to you. Okay. (laughs) What are we going to do next year, Christian life? Come on, we're going to stretch our faith. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap if you believe it today. Yeah. Come on, that's right. I had a guy in Mobile, Alabama call me. He said, I want to participate in an offering I was taking for Kenya. In Kenya, they needed a dormitory for pastor's conferences there in Nairobi. And we were, we were trying to build that building. Bethany was, $150,000 project. He said, I have an oil recycling business. He said, I want to contribute to that. I said, good. So a few days go by and he went to the recycling factory or to the, to the refinery where he was. He had a recycling business. And he noticed that a pipe in the refinery was dripping oil. And he asked the man, the plant manager, he said, Why don't you fix that pipe, that leak? The guy says, Well, we determined we would have to close half the refinery to fix that pipe. It's leaking, you know, just a little tiny drip. He said, Can I have that drip? Now notice now the need attracts the resources. So he put a, a barrel under that drip and the and the barrel began to drip Uh, Rather, the the pipe began to drip into the barrel, and it filled the barrel. He came back a few days later. The the barrel is completely full of oil. So he changed the barrel, sold that oil. He had a recycling business. He did that every few days for several months. Now, we're over here trying to raise money for the dormitory. Unbeknownst to us, this guy is filling barrels of oil and selling them. After a few months, he sold so much oil and put some of his own money with it, he wrote a check for the entire dormitory, hundred and $150,000 check. Come on now, listen to me. From a leaking pipe. How many of you believe God has a leaky pipe for you somewhere? Come on, say amen. Yes, he does. And I could go on and on. I mean, when I took Bethany, we were giving 400000 a year to missions, which is great. My daddy really believed in missions. I was a missionary two years in Africa, and I said, Lord, I want to go up to 500000 next year. No new people. Well, you know, the interesting thing we did, we gave 500000 the first year I pastored, 1983. And that year, our income went up mysteriously, Pastor Rex, by $400,000 so I did it again in 85 we went up to 600,000 and again the the income of the church went up by another 400,000 I thought well I don't need a tree to fall on me man I'm I'm gonna do that for a while and I did till 1990 we hit a million dollars for missions and we paid off our 6,000 seat building and our 100 acres we we were debt free then then I really stepped on the gas we went to 2 million dollars for missions by the end of that decade. And then $3 million for missions. One year we hit $4 million for missions. And all I did every year was just increase it by $100,000. And the Lord just was just bringing resources and people. You know, in, in 28 years of pastoring, they figured out how much we had given to missions. You know how much it was? $63 million our church had given to missions. Come on now. Now I'm all I'm doing. I'm I'm stretching you. Some of you are kind of comfortable. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing. I did this this year. Well, I'm not talking about what you did this year. That's awesome. I'm talking about what's going to happen next year. God's about to stretch you right now. The second way—that was the first one. I got to keep moving. The second way is that you stretch your faith with a dream. And, and a dream is simply the Holy Spirit envisioning the future for you. You know, the Bible says your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Now, I'm still seeing visions. That's how I know I'm a young man. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> but some of you have been through a nightmare this year. This has been a tough year for us, too, very tough. But, but, but we've kept our vision, we've kept our dream, because the dream itself stretches your faith. Awesome. Dr. Cho told me that he had Parkinson's disease and the doctor said, you're going to die. I mean, this was about five years ago. I've been on his board many years. And Cho said that he went in the hospital, and called his family in, said it's over. And he said, Lord, why have you not healed me? I'm Dr. Cho. I have the largest church in the world. 750,000 members. What, what's going on? I, I, I preach healing. The Lord said, I can't talk to you anymore. He said, what do you mean, Lord, I I pray three hours a day. I talk to you every day. He said, no. The Holy Spirit said, I only speak the language of dreams and visions. And if you stop receiving my dreams and visions for your life, I'm not talking to you. He said, forgive me, Lord, what do you want to say? He said, I want you to plant 5,000 new churches in Korea. He's laying in the hospital about to die. He said, yes, yes, I will do that. Thank you for talking to me and giving me dreams and visions. Well, he immediately started feeling better. You know, he came out of the hospital. He didn't die. He's planted those 5,000 churches. This has been five years. Dr. Cho is going like a house of fire. He preached to a million people in India last year. Come on, say amen. Amen. Because he picked up again on the signal of God's dreams and visions. This watch went dead on me when I went to Asia. I came back, could not get it to work. You know the problem? It, had, it has to connect to a tower in Fort Collins, Colorado, an atomic tower, a signal. And once it gets that signal, the moment the signal hit it, I was about to throw it in the garbage can. And man said no put it in a window facing west. I go back the next day, the hands picked up the signal they started spinning. Stop right on the second. Come on somebody. Amen. That's the power of your dream. The dream activates something in you and causes it to happen and resets the battery of your life. So you're about to throw this thing away, but God says, no 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 no. Open the window. I've got a signal. I've got a dream for you. It's a homing device. Like Abraham, he's sitting in his tent. He doesn't have any kids. And the Lord says, yeah, I know your tent. You don't have any kids, right? No kids. Yeah. Well, get out of your tent. Go outside and look up and start counting some stars, man. And he says, wow, wow, what's that? He said, that's all the kids and grandkids you're going to have. And he said, that's my dream for your life. And that's what happened. The dream stretched his face. I had a dream one time. The Lord said, I want you to help Reinhard Bonnke to pay for a crusade in Nigeria. And I I contacted Bonnke. I said, how much is it? He said, it's a million dollars for one crusade. I thought, wow, even God didn't have that much money. I mean, really, that's kind of the way I felt. I thought it might be a 100000 or something. I thought, well, we could do that. And so then... I told the church my dream. And, and everybody laughed, you know, a little bit. And then one guy in the back lifted his hands. He said, Lord, if you'll give me that money, I'll pay for that crusade. Wow. So a year went by. you know, And I, didn't ever, I never heard from anybody about it. But one day he tapped me on the shoulder and he said, Pastor, I have your money. Amen. I said, what money? I, I didn't even remember what I had said. He said, a year ago, when you said that, I asked God to give me that million dollars, and I went to work. And they they told me I had been selected to lead an investment campaign for my company, a national investment campaign, and set a ridiculous goal and said, you know, if you raise that money, we'll give you any bonus you want. He said, I know what I want. I will reach that goal, and I want a million-dollar bonus. They laughed. They said, well, first of all, you you will never reach that goal, but why do you want it? He said, I want to pay for a Reinhard Bonke crusade. They didn't even know who that was. They said, well, whatever parts your hair, man, that's cool. well, Well, guess what? The dream came to pass. We flew to Florida, and we put that check in Brother Bonkey's hand, and then we flew to Africa, and we saw half a million people stand on a field that had been carved right out of the jungle in I was a goja. I was a missionary 100 miles from there, and every night, a half a million people walked hours to get there. They stood five hours every night, no chairs. And on Tuesday night, nine blind people were healed in one night and chased Bonky around the stage. I saw, I saw one man chase him around the stage. He'd been blind his entire life. The man that gave the, the million was just sitting there weeping, this young man. You know how many people got saved in that five nights and filled out a decision card? Not, not just raise their hand. 1.1 million people got born again. Let that settle in on you now. A million souls. Came into the kingdom of God and were written in the Lamb's book of life because of a bonus. I'm coming. I'm coming right now. I'm coming. A bonus. A dream. You need a dream. Lester Sumrall said, fulfillment in life comes from building a house, not living in it. You need a dream. You need to go. You know, in January this year. I said, Lord, I'd love to plant 1,000 churches. The Surge Project is the church planning thing I lead right now. We've planted 23,000 churches. I said, Lord, I would love for us to plant 1,000 churches this year. We've never planted over about 500. Here's the dream, and I shared it. Well, we checked back in October. I think we had planted about five or 600 churches, and I thought, that's great, Lord, but my dream is 1,000. In November, something started happening. We jumped up to 770 churches. Well, you know what happened this month? One church just gave us $268,000. Another individual yesterday gave us 100000 more. We just planted 1,010 churches this year. Come on now. Are you listening to me? Somebody ought to give the Lord a great shout of praise in this house. I'm I'm talking to you about how you stretch and your dream. I'm telling you it will come to pass if you'll just let God give you a dream. Don't just survive through life. God, I want to stretch this year. And I believe this church has some dreams. And some visions, and you, you hook onto those dreams and visions and say, yes, Lord, that's what I want to do. He'll give you everything you ask for the kingdom of God. And that brings me to point number three, and I'm going to wrap this thing up. I'm landing a plane here in about five minutes. You stretch your faith with a seed. Yeah. First with a need, and you can't control that. It, it happens, and then you've got to move to the next level to defeat it. And then with a dream, and that comes from the Holy Spirit showing you something ridiculous that you would never even consider to do unless he was giving you the dream. And the faith goes along with the dream. And then thirdly is a seed. Here's what a seed is. A seed is that dream that you get from God compressed into capsule form. You're going to do one thing. You can take your dream and squeeze it down into some time you give, some talent you give, or some treasure you give. And you're going to plant it towards your dream being fulfilled. Amen. So I don't know what you're dreaming. If you don't have any dreams, this third one doesn't even mean anything to you. But once you get a dream, I want all my kids to be saved. I want to be healed. I want a business. I want to pay my house off. I want whatever. I don't know what your dream is. But then you got to plant a seed. You compress it because the tree is inside the acorn. And by the way, you don't eat seed. People get extra bonuses into of the year and all that. They think, good, I'm going to buy a new TV. Good, I'm going to go to Hawaii. Good." And that's wonderful if you want to do that. But look at unexpected income as seed. God supplies seed to the sower and sow it. I've been sowing seed all this month, everywhere I go, sowing seed, because that seed is the harvest, is the multiple future harvest that you're going to receive. You know, last, three years ago, I was in Mexico, and um, I'm preaching in Monterey, and a couple's up testifying from the Dominican Republic. The lady was a former prostitute. She got saved, the pastor's wife, and she ended up marrying this pastor. And I thought, that is cool, man. A prostitute becomes a pastor's wife. And instantly the Lord said to me, I want you to give this amount of money to that couple for a car. Well, it was a large amount for me. And I thought, i rebuke you, devil, in Jesus' name. <laughs> you know, I figured out the devil never tells me anything good to give to anybody. Did you know that? And then... I said, my wife is not here. He said, That doesn't matter. I, I, I know you're the head. She's the neck that turns the head though. So I, I would never give that much money without asking Melanie. He said, I didn't tell you to ask your wife. I want you to give that to them after the service. Now you cannot emotionally manipulate me to give. I don't I don't respond. Go thirty minutes. I don't nothing responds in me. But when God speaks to me, come on now, somebody, I will respond. And so I got my checkbook out, and I wrote out this check to, to that couple, put it in an envelope, and it was a lot for me. And after the service, I went up to them, and I said, by the way, do you guys need a car? This was actually my third attempt at telling God no, because I thought they might say, well, no, no, really, we don't need a car. And I'm not just going to keep my seed in my pocket. They just cried. They said, yes, we do. We need a four-wheel drive vehicle. So I handed them this envelope and I said, You know, the Lord spoke me to start. This is not a whole car, but it's just a start. And I'm just being obedient to the Lord. Well, I forgot all about it. I get home and discovered I had lost a crown in Mexico. Now I'm crowned with many crowns. I don't know about you, but I got a bunch of them in my mouth. So I'm at this Christian dentist's office. He's fixing a temporary crown. I looked on the wall, there's a scripture hanging on the wall, and it was Psalm 81 and verse 10. You know what that says? Open thy mouth wide. And I will fill it. Isn't that a great message for a, a, a dentist? <laughs> so he comes back. He said, I just checked your insurance. And you, you only have to pay 50%. You save $250. He said, Merry Christmas. This was in November of 2012, actually. On the way home, the Lord said, you please me in Mexico. And I'm going to open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. I told Melanie when I got home, the Lord just said something to me. Now, God is my witness. In 60 days, and I'm not telling you God's a celestial slot machine. Don't think you just put in something, pull the handle, and all this money comes out. I just did it to obey the Lord. That's, I never even thought about the reward. In 60 days, 40 times the amount I sowed to that couple came to my wife and I from the craziest, most unexpected sources I can even describe to you. Forty times. And it didn't just end then. The rest of the year. I look at the income of my personal income of that year. And it's a spike above every other year's just normal. Now I'm actually looking for places to sow seed. Does anybody need a seed in here? Raise up here. Well, nobody raised their hand. So I guess this is not the place. There's a half a hand back there. What I'm saying. You cannot, you cannot eat seed you don't digest it. Try to eat a peach seed and see how, how far you get with that one. It's coming out again. It, 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 the Bible, it doesn't mean for us to digest seed. We're supposed to plant seed. So here we are. You plant, your or rather you stretch your faith with a need. What's number two? You stretch your faith with a And what's number three? Stretch your faith with a seed. Close your eyes with me. Holy Spirit's here. If you want to know more, hang out for the next service. I got more about this topic I didn't even get to. If you're here and you would say to me, you know, now, Pastor, I need forgiveness. Doesn't do you any good to stretch your faith if you don't really know the Lord. In fact, he has a wonderful life plan for you. so much blessing and effectiveness and influence. Influence is the second stage, but the first stage is faith. You say, well, I've done so many bad things, I don't know if God can forgive me. Well, that's what we're about to prove wrong. If you're in here, sir, ma'am, young person, you say, I'm running my own life, and I want to give it to the Lord Jesus. This Christmas, I want to give a gift of myself to him. I'm going to look around this room, and I'm going to ask you, if that's you, and, and I believe there are even young people here, there are people sitting here that don't know if you died where you'd spend eternity. Listen to the voice I'm saying to you right now. And you would say, include me in that prayer you're about to pray for people to get right with God. That's really why I came to church today. Thank you for the message, Pastor. But the real reason I came was to get right with the Lord. And as I look around this room, if that's you, and you would say, please. Include me in that prayer, okay? This is the moment. Here's what I want you to do without hesitation right now. I want you to slip up that hand and hold it up high all across this room. That's me. I see you there, 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 all over this room. there, there's so many hands lifted. must must be twenty five or thirty people with your hand you're saying, "I'm not sure." Now, this is what I want you to do. Please, everybody, keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. If your hand is up right now, stand to your feet right by your seat. Just stand to your feet right by your seat. I'm surrendering. You see, if you stay in your seat, you're you're still in control. But when you stand, you're saying, Lord, I'm not in control anymore. I'm giving you my life. I'm going to tell you something else to do. I'm going to check to see if you're really in control still or you're surrendering completely to the Lord. I want all of you, even from the balcony and the main floor, if you're standing, would you come up here and let me lay my hand on you and pray for you? Get out of your seat. It won't even take 30 seconds, but it's going to mean a world to you because it means I've lost control now. I'm, 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 I, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm no longer in control. I'm giving Jesus my life. Get out of your seat and come up here if you really mean that. Prove that to the Lord. Well, I'm worried about what she might think. Well, she's got her head about. She don't even know this is happening, and it don't matter if she does. You're going to stand before the Lord one day naked, and he's going he's, he's gonna to know you. He knows everything about you anyway. Look at what God is doing at 9 o'clock in the morning. You say, well, it's cold outside. Yeah, well, you know what? Hallelujah. Sure don't look like it's cold, does it? Hallelujah. I'm I'm blessed. And I, and I don't know you. I wish I had time just to speak words over some of you standing down here because the Spirit of the Lord. And I know that some of you have been a Christian in the past. You've drifted away. You're kind of wondering, well, you know, do I, am I right with God? That's okay, too. Put your hand over your heart. Pray this simple prayer. Say this out loud. Could you join with them, everybody? Say, Lord Jesus, today I come to the cross, not to the manger. You died naked and covered in your own blood for my sins. Wash me in that blood. And I die with you. I die to my control. I die to myself. And I die to my past. I'm buried with you today. And now I'm resurrected with you. I will be water baptized to show this new birth. Thank you, Lord. You down front here with with no hesitation, put up both your hands. Look at the Lord and begin to thank him. You in the building, stand to your feet. You in the building. And I want you to stretch your faith as wide, your hands as wide as your faith. On the balcony stretch your arms as wide as your faith while you're standing there for 2017. This is a new season. God, God brought me here to tell you that what you did this year is only a shadow of what's going to happen next year to you. Now, Lord, I speak a blessing over your people. Devil, I rebuke you from their bodies, their minds, their spirits. Thank you, Lord, that every need